Again, you there? Hello, hello. I'm sorry, I, I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are, we are super charming, aren't we? Sorry? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, sorry. Alright, you actually do sound like you've just woken up. He had, a, he had his old man moment in front of the telly. Slippers are on. Bubble pipe. That's for aesthetics. Yeah, the kids just, are around. Just, we can't have them. It's not enough. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 107 of the Player 2 Pixelcast. My name is Matt Houston. I'm hosting this unplanned hosting event. Uh, I've been thrust into the last minute because one of my guests hasn't got enough sleep and uh he decided that it was just much too hard and that guest is ken how are you mate yeah it is it is much too it's 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 how 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 does anybody do this how how just just like just the sound of my day. own voice i guess that's, that's just, how it works just every day i i literally just like i kept i kept you the two of you waiting because i fell asleep putting my kid to bed so <laughs> I like it though. I like the commitment. You woke up and went, "Oh shit, I've got somewhere to be," and you made it. So you know, props to that. My yeah, look, look, my commitment. It's 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 there. It's if it's nothing there. else, it's nothing else. Yeah. And the other person is the very very familiar, but always awake. Tim Henderson, how are you? If I was always awake, I'd probably sound more tired than Ken. But um, <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I'm sniffling because well, you I haven't, haven't fallen asleep in a. I have not. I'm going to be sniffing through this one, though, because I've been cleaning, and I've been reminded that I have an allergy to dust, which is, you know, fun, fun times. <laughs> I'm hoping that the pop filter, whatever, can, like, clean that up a little bit for the listening experience at home, or that I remember to turn my microphone off, because people probably don't want to hear that. No, no, every- but it is influenza A season over here in Australia, so they're probably hearing it at work anyway, so <laughs> it's not going to change anything. Cool and normal, so tonight we're going to look at, uh, well, with Mario doing so well at the cinemas, um, despite a somewhat average critical reception, uh, we're going to look at uh, games and their kind of journey into other forms of media, be that comics, books, movies, video, well, you know, more video games, I guess. But before we get to that, uh, we've been playing games, and as is tradition, we like to talk about them. Uh, Tim. Yeah. You've got the most interesting one, I think, and it's probably the most difficult one to explain. It's it's Sonic something or other. I love that you've just you've literally written some Sonic something or other in the um in the like notes in the chat. <laughs> well, that's that's how I heard it when you spoke it to me. So you need to explain it better. You basically than you heard the word Sonic and like just immediately tuned out. Just but yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I guess context for what this is. I mean, Sonic fans can be, like, just a super weird bunch, but, like, like all the, the joking and the honestly sometimes justified mocking aside, um, I forgot the name of it, but there is, like, a like a festival every year of, like, these people making fan games, which honestly in itself is actually pretty rad. Yeah. Like, people like getting their creative on and doing this by themselves, and the fact that Sega has just allowed it to flourish, and that's how we got Sonic Mania, I believe, was, like, that was literally, they were impressed by some fan work and let them make a game, which has probably been the best Sonic game of the last decade or so. Not like a game jam is. <laughs> I I think it's more of an online event. I don't think people right. are traveling around the world to um, <clears throat> get together. But yeah, in this case, um, this is a game I literally only ever knew about because I was actually like when I was like eight, nine, ten years old, I was just all in on Sonic. Like 
I was the Sonic kid in my school, or at least in my, um, in the fourth grade or fifth grade or whatever. Um, so I had, I was buying the, um, comic books from the, um, newsagent every month, and that's how I became aware of a whole bunch of, like, weird American shit that just never, like, got to Australia and we had no context for, because, you know, no internet, so it's like, what is this candy that looks dumb? Um, but there's also occasionally ads for this Game Gear game called Triple Trouble, starring some weird purple weasel that, um, never appeared anywhere in Australia. My only awareness for it came from ads for it in the comic, and I think they probably did, like, a special edition with one of the characters in there as well, but this is just this weird, very, very, very America-central thing, because, you know, Australia had the Master System, the Master System did actually very well in Australia, I believe, and a lot of Europe, did not do so well in the NTSC territories at all, but the game... a significant price difference, the Master System, compared to the Nintendo in PAL territories, which is why... I think that's probably why it's the first console I had, actually. Yeah. Um... But, I mean, I enjoyed the hell out of that thing. But, I mean, the Game Gear was almost like the original Switch. That thing was basically a portable Master System. You could even mm. literally buy a dock to play Master System games on the freaking thing. Um, but this was a Game Gear game that never, I, to my knowledge at least, never actually came to Australia and has been, as is, seems to be happening a lot lately, like, remade by fans as a PC game effectively, and it legitimately gives off the impression of being, like, a lost late generation Mega Drive game. It feels like this is something that could realistically have been supposed to come out a year after Sonic and Knuckles, and then Sega lost the code. And losing the code to Sonic is something Sega has done in the past, so that is also completely <laughs> believable. Sega stuffing up is very believable in, it, in itself. Especially like at that like at that mid to late nineties point, man. <laughs> like just bad decision after they bad could decision. Fumble the ball. They really could. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, yeah, so obviously this is not something you get on Steam or Switch or whatever, but um, that also brings, like, the nice novelty of, you know, having to, like, install something properly on Windows and then, like, double-click an executable, which, again, feels very quaint and 90s. <laughs> and then, like, have to hit, like, Alt-F4 to bring it full screen until you get into the menu and then it actually gets there. Um, and, and this whole thing actually feels, like, polished in a way that a lot of legitimate Sega stuff, even from the time... Like, probably didn't. Like, they've got the whole loading screen there. The title screen's, like, perfect. The um, options are actually really, really well thought out. Obviously, you can make it full screen, because who is going to want to play this in a window? They've got 4-3 if you want it, or um, widescreen. Um, apparently, the new bad guy's character's name is Knack the Weasel, but he had another name in Japan, and you can literally choose which one you want him to be called by. Um, oh, it's got... Cool. <clears throat> it's got 3D... You know, the 3D special stage was kind of like the trademark of these mid... 90s Sonic thing, so it's got that, and it literally lets you choose if you want 20 or 60 frames per second. Oh, wow. Um, I went for 60, because I'm not purist enough to go, because those things were difficult, yeah. and a big part of why they were difficult is because they kind of chugged. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so it's like It'd be whole- nice to play them in 60 frames, actually. <laughs> Way more playable, like the ones I've played so far, so the ones in this one, it's kind of like just, it's a straight line. And you're, like, just racing, again, this Weasel character, he's in, like, some sort of vehicle, and rings are running out, you have to pick up enough, and it's just a lot of basic, like, jumping and timing puzzles, and yeah, frame rate does a lot to improve that, although, again, never played the original, like, had basically forgotten this thing had ever existed, and this is a really nice touch, because I'm sure a lot of people have memories of how nightmarish it was trying to get all the Chaos Emeralds in Sonic 2 on the Mega Drive, which you could only get in the special stages, and you needed to 
finish the game quote unquote properly. Mm. And like Sonic the Hedgehog out there, like with good ending and bad endings in like the early nineties. Fucking hell. Um, you can actually pay with a life to try the special stage again. If you oh, fuck it fair. up, which is actually a pretty decent way to go about it, I thought. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, there's a couple of like um very simple good ideas here as well, because obviously um you're playing as Sonic with Tails following behind, and for some reason, even though Sonic and Knuckles implied a degree of cooperation, Knuckles is still here to punch you in the face. Well, that's fair. And yeah, of course, um, that's what he does because he's you know he's just perpetually just the muscular doofus in every single role he's ever in. Um, but you can actually swap between Sonic and Tails at the touch of a button, which is something that all of it is just like, why was that never, ever a thing before? Like, it's just such a small, obvious change. It's like, yeah. It's I like, um, <clears throat> Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, Country like between Diddy and, yeah. um, except one of these can fly, and I literally remember playing Sonic 3 with two controllers plugged in so that I could, if I wanted to get up and look somewhere high, I could actually activate player 2. <laughs> um, so you can do that now without, like, literally just press the button off the side, bang, you switch characters. But aside from that, like, they've just done a very good job of one, it completely looks and sounds like a Mega Drive game. Like, I don't know exactly what they used to, um, but I'm guessing it's a software emulation of what the Mega Drive hardware actually is, and it's like, just looks like a, looks and sounds like a really well done Mega mm. Drive game. They've done very, these have to be flourishes, because again, this was a Game Gear game originally. Yep. Like, just nice little simple, like, flourishes to transition between levels, like, you know, the ground will fall out beneath you, or, like, something's gonna blow up and you're gonna get flung into the air and then, like, land in the ocean and then carried out in a spaceship or fucking whatever. Um, but, no, it's just well done, like, it feels like the next game that should have come after Sonic and Knuckles. Maybe yeah. a little well, and... Difficulty somewhere between Sonic 3 and Knuckles, I don't know if that matters, it's free if you just google this thing it'll come up there it's probably going to run off anything my main complaint is not with the game itself it's simply the fact that oh it's not steam so i don't have cloud saving maybe i should have say just installed this on my laptop because i'm sure this is going to run on anything yeah 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 and this would have been a perfect thing to just have to take at work for the lunch break but now it's kind of stuck on my desktop and it's going to be a pain in the ass to drag those save files around well, it's probably just a single file too so you could probably Actually, i probably could just put it on the thumb drive you're right yeah yeah yeah. I was going to say, like, this This sound, actually sounds like a perfect, like, Steam Deck, if it was a Steam Deck, a Steam thing. Oh, my... Yeah. Linux might... It might struggle with Linux. That'd be the only question. It, because Steam if, Deck runs on Linux. Linux. I swear, yeah. Sega should actually, like, find, like, gather a few of the better ones of these fan games together and, like, maybe, like, just kind of create a deal with the people who made them to sell this shit as, like, a bundle on the Switch yeah. or something. I'd pay, like... But 30, it makes sense. I'd pay, like, 30 bucks for, like, a few of these if they were done to the, like, of this level of standard. <clears throat> level of standards That'd be the, very the hard part would be cu- curation of it but yeah, yeah that sounds like a cool idea no it's actually a pretty cool or game and obviously free so even better if old school Sonic sounds like your thing sadly it's not on console but yeah just download it and go alright then well Ken and I have been uh, playing the same games this this uh, fortnight uh, two of actually which is odd um, very peculiar because they because they're both new, so that's uh, something... Even more peculiar. I was going to say, and two new things for me <laughs> as well. Two new things as well. It's, it's not just more Marvel Snap. Uh, <laughs> Ken, I'll let, I'll let you take the lead on, on the Space Shooty one. I have been playing Everspace 2. Um, 
new game relatively in that it was it just got into its full release i think a week ago two weeks ago but yuzo you have been a massive champion for this particular game since yes. early access like a year ago year and a half ago um it's been in development for a long time. It's a space shooter. It's, um, it's a sequel. Oh, you know, the, the title indicates that it's a sequel, but from my understanding, very different from the original game. Very um, different. The original very, was very a roguelike. So. Yeah, the, uh, the original was a roguelike. You, mm. and, and in this game, it is, it's done away with that. It's got a full single player com- campaign. Um, actually, the entire thing is, you know, a full narrative with a, with a full narrative behind it. You, you know, fly ships, gather weapons, you know, all, th- all the standard space shooter things that you would expect. You've got, you know, um, a big, big wide world to explore or space, you know, to explore. There's obviously, uh, some type of intergalactic, uh, uh, um, conflict in which you find yourself in the middle of. Um, there are ships to pilot, ships to upgrade weapons. Uh, there's a little bit of trading to do if you, if you're keen about that stuff. There's a little bit of mining to do if you're keen about that. Uh, not enough to, to be the main focus of the game, like some of the, uh, more expansive space shooters out there where they try to be a bit of everything to, uh, where they try to, you know, give you a, a way to create a, a, a gen, genuine sandbox game. So it's not like an X4. No, no, no. Yeah, where it's like, oh, you know, you can create a whole career about being a trader and never, never touching combat at all. Um, it's not that it's primarily combat focused. Everything is about combat. Um, you've got a cast of characters who are relatively, um, relatively interesting and all have their backstories and motivations. And, you know, I, I like that there's a few. Bottom line, I, I really enjoy this game. I really, mm. really enjoy this game. Um, there's a few things, few clever things I, I like, uh, in particular. One, um, they sort of bridge the narrative gap between Everspace 1 and Everspace 2 because the first one that was a roguelike. In this game, your character, your primary character is a clone. Um, and you are one of many, many, many clones and you are like, you know, how many generations down your particular clone line? You're like a clone of a clone of a clone of a clone of a clone. Um, and you find yourself, you know, in the middle of, in the middle, yeah, you find yourself in the middle of, of, of Nowhere, really. You're stuck out in this particular area, and you just try to work your way up, you know, from your tiny little ship and, you know, find yourself out of this particular uh, demilitarized zone, which is a massive area between large factions fighting amongst each other. Um One, so I, one, I like that narrative little, like, nod towards the, the first game, but also just say, oh yeah, yeah, that what happened in the first game, it's just you you were a clone and this yeah. is the story of one of the clones. You're the last uh, clone. You're the last clone. And- the last clone. Because in the first game, if you if you made it to the first game, end of the first game, you actually broke the cycle and broke the cloning 
um, process in the in the way. So you're the last one of. Well, of there that, you go. That so climb, like like yeah. that's a li- nice little narrative callback to the first yeah. thing, to the first game. Um, there is a lot of I think like action RPG ness to this game. You know, you've got your ship, yeah. which you can upgrade every time you level up. Your ship up, you know, your stats of your ships the increases. Um, you can change weapons, and there's a whole heap of weapons to to play around with. Like each weapon has quite a large variation and style and difference, and gameplay difference as well. And then you have your abilities that you can that you can. Um, purchase and that's kind of like your if equivalent to your skill your skill yeah. you know skills that you have in an action rpg so and then you have your ship type you've got light ships and big chunk big chunky boys uh and then you've got your uh supporting crew which gives you additional traits on top of everything so it's kind of like almost um you know kind of base building element to it where you where you where you gather enough resources to update, you know, to, to pay off one of your secondary characters to give you a particular benefit, another buff or something like that, another, you know, passive buff or, you know, another quality of life improvement. So lots of action RPG elements and flavoring to it because you've got your weapons, you've got your skills, you've got your upgrades, you've got your armor, you've got that sort of thing. Um, and then you've got your really, really good, good quality solid, you know, space sim flying controls, and it works really, really well with mouse and keyboard. Like, this works fantastically with mouse and keyboard. Like, you won't feel, and I did feel like initially, like, oh, should I be playing this with, with a joystick? Should I Crack, crack one open, the one that I've stored away for so many so so long ago. <laughs> no, um, this this game actually plays really really well with mouse and keyboard. And you know, you put your gamepad if you've got a gamepad, you can do that. And if you've got a joystick, you can do that too. But mouse and keyboard actually works really well. I've, I've been playing on the controller, just on an Xbox controller, and it's it's been fantastic. Like the combat, yeah, is really good in this game, yeah, it's I mean, really good. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised that it plays well on a gamepad. I guess it's surprising that it plays well on mouse and keyboard. Mm. So I'm like, yes, this is this actually works. So that's another thing that I like. Um, I want to know how things long that you had I don't like. For. It's easy Actual to get joystick. overwhelmed by enemies. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you feel as though they're ganged up on you a little bit. I mean, I guess you know, in the narrative, you are the enemy. But if I end up in an area and I'm slightly lower level than seven other enemy fighters plus one enemy carrier, I'm like, shit, I'm going to have to approach this either really cautiously and play really, really well and be on my A game, or I could be very easily, you know, swarmed and taken over. Um, So all in all, Everspace 2, like... B plus, A minus, really solid, 80%, 85%, you know, out of 100 marks, solid space sim shooter um, for anybody who likes games like Freelancer. Yes. I think there's a lot of comparison thrown with Freelancer, Starlancer. Um, it, it, it really does put me in the mind of Freelancer. It's, it's probably the last game I played um, that was similar to this in yeah. so many ways, you know. Yeah. It, it, it's it's certainly of that mold, which is is not a bad 
not a bad thing to compare to, to be honest, because that was a great game. Yeah. I think, oh, actually, there's one other thing I really like about this game as well. It's actually the ships genuinely handle very differently. Mm. Um, I went from a from your starting fighter, which is a nimble little thing, to I, I just upgraded to a big, chunky bomber. Yep. And it it fundamentally feels different to fly. It feels different to fight because your hard points in terms of the number of weapons that you can carry is different. The handling is different. Your shields and armor and hull is different. Um, <clears throat> you can customize each of the ships with, you know, the the speed at which your shields recharge or the speed at which your en- your energy comes back so that it boosts your weapons or gives you um your your speed boost or that sort of thing um you've got missiles as your secondary weapons you've got lasers and and blasters and all kind all kinds of other weapons as your primary so you can really mix and match weapons to your preferred playstyle matched with your preferred type of ship and the ships genuinely feel really really different to fly i don't know how deep you're in this game Huzo, I, I started well. Four. I had to start again, uh, so they wiped everyone's save. Um, well, they didn't wipe everyone's save. You could keep playing, but it wouldn't. It like they said, it would probably jank out on you. So um, I started afresh when they went to version one, mm. and um, so I'm, I'm up to the kind of about a third of the way, halfway through the second major star system. Um, okay, in, yeah. in the game. Yeah, yeah so. I just arrived at the second star system. Yeah, um, so I, I, I probably about halfway through the game, maybe uh, you know, not quite halfway. I'd say probably forty percent through the game. Um, mm. what, what, what I know of the game, it could have changed obviously since version one. It, it is very good. I, I, I really enjoy it, and it's the sort of game we don't see a lot of anymore. So, and, and being that old. You know, Tie Fighter, freelancer, Wing Commander fan that I am, it, it's absolutely my jam, and 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 it's fair to compare it with it. It's spaceships crossed with Diablo is probably the best mm. way mm. to describe it to people because there's there really is a lot of comparisons to be made, and 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 just like Diablo, all those things you talk about that sound complicated are actually not once you're in the game. It's all very simple yeah. to use. It yeah. all makes sense. It's all. It's not like you're playing flight sim here. You you really aren't. It's it's you know pick the weapon that looks cool, pick the shields that you think work, and then go nuts. And and yeah, it's it's very cool. It it it. I think you've talked about this, Huzo, as well. It's like this is a solid double A game, single A mm-hmm. game. Um, it's one of those like this is extremely satisfying to play. It's not triple. A in the, you know, like, I can't think of, I can't think of in the presentation. H. Like, you know, it has that kind of stop motion cutscenes. It and actually it has- works. I find it, I yeah. think, you know, I, I was going to say that, that, that the cutscene they use, like, stop motion animation, not stop motion, but they sort of like do comic panels rather yeah. than, um, full on animation they've got voice acting but they show like slides it's like watching a powerpoint like they show slides with like one storyboard yeah. and another storyboard and another storyboard image but i think that actually works really 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 well um because it's you know they show you a frame and it's the perfect sort of 
an image and it's the perfect framing with the perfect like exactly what you know what they're trying to convey and then they'll show you another scene and it's another scene and you know you don't have to you don't have to go and animate every single last movement because you get uh, you get a sense of what yeah. the story's trying it, to tell it's you smart use of budget uh, yeah absolutely well. you know you I, don't have to you don't have to animate every single thing it's it's mm. effective in telling you what it needs to tell you but the voice acting is it's mostly yeah. okay. It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> Again, it's because it's it's one of those like a. It, it feels like the developers a, are doing the voices. Yeah, you know? it's a single it's a, really, double yeah, a, a tier game where it's like it's not like it's not God of War, it's, but it's yeah. not. Let's just say Troy Baker's not on the voice cast. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah have you Everything played old Sierra Adventure games? You so like. Yeah, I have. <laughs> that that yeah, is but, actual developers just doing the voices, and oh, it's yeah. painful to go back to. Yeah. <laughs> so this not is that bad. The, it's not that bad. It, yeah, it's it, not that it, bad. It's, it's fine. Every, it's just fine. everything is solid. Like yeah. you, some moments, you're like, oh, that's a bit like well, I probably wouldn't have done it that way, but that's more and that's more an aberration rather than the norm. Like generally, the voice acting is fine. Yeah. Um, the cutscenes are really emotive and effective, and without having to be like full stop, you know, full motion video and fully animated. You know, it's very effective in conveying the story. The ships are great. The weapons are interesting. Um, you fly from planet to planet, and every time, and every every time you're flying between planets to fulfill missions, there's all these like sort of side things that pop up as well. And I'm like, ooh, another yeah, side thing. Yeah, you've got to thing. stop, right? It's, <laughs> I'm it's like, that oh, no, another another random side thing that just popped up. <laughs> I'm just gonna go check this out because maybe they've got more stuff to find, or another yeah. like pirate ship to hunt down, or if, something. If, if I awesome. have one criticism, it is that it can get a little on the grindy side. Um, yes, because you do find yourself. As you move to a new system, out of uh, out of your depth pretty quickly if you haven't spent a good amount of time in the previous system. So yeah. Yeah. you, you kind of might have to go back and do a bit of bit of leveling up, side quests and, and stuff like that to make sure you're up to the task. But yeah, that, that's really a, it's it's a pretty minor thing in this game. It's not like it's game breaking. It's just it's something to be aware of, I guess. Yeah, and I think so far. I mean, the other, the other only annoying thing I found so far is some of the puzzles can be a bit like, oh, yeah, a bit for the crates and things. Looking for the crates and things, and particularly when you've got to do the energy ball thing, where you've got a countdown. That yeah. I mean, there's some things which just, uh, just a few of the puzzles just a little bit too fiddly for my taste, and I wish I could. Um, Either the puzzles was a little bit easier, or they gave me a bit more allowance to fulfill yeah. mistakes. So you know, but again, minor, minor things. This is a solid, solid game, and I think of the games that I know that you've been a recent champion for um, that I've picked up. Yeah, like I picked this up, and I also picked up ESO recently, Elder Scrolls yep. Online. Uh, this is the far better recommendation. <laughs> oh snap! Yeah. <laughs> No. Anyway, no. Elder Scrolls Online is terrible. Never no, play it's, it. It's <laughs> no, I know. No, it's just it's just not for me. It's it's. <clears throat> but um, Everspace Everspace Two is definitely ooh ooh. It's good. Wow. It's a lot of fun. It's good. It's good. All right, on to the second game that Ken and I have been playing, and I'll take the lead on this one, and that's X Defiant. Uh, the kind of really odd 
Uh, well, initially when it was announced, it looked more like Overwatch. Um, uh, and it's, they've obviously pivoted from when everyone went, that's a stupid idea, Ubisoft. And they've made something a bit different to that. Uh, they've made essentially Call of Duty Black Ops 2. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <Multiplayer>. <laughs> to be stupid in another way. Um, sure. <laughs> but they've done a really good copy. Uh, you know, there are issues. Don't get me wrong. I've had fun with it. It, it, it is very old school in that, that early, Modern Warfare Black Ops feel of, of multiplayer. And that's probably the last time I really played, uh, you know, a competitive online shooter in any sort of way. And, and I, it's kind of simple in that way. And I, I really appreciate it. You know, it, it felt genuine. I, I, I like the shooting. I, I like the factions. I mean, the fact they're cramming. Uh, Tom Clancy IPs into a shooter is, is a bit odd. They took the um, Tom Clancy name off this, didn't they? They did. But yeah, they, they've got, uh, so you've got the division, Splinter Cell, uh, Ghosts, uh, sorry, Ghost Recon, um, uh, Watch Dogs is an unlockable and there's one more. Oh, Far Cry. And Far Cry. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they've jammed all them together. So each, each faction has their own kind of special abilities. Um, but they all have the same kit outs of weapons. So really it's, it's what sort of style you want to play. There's a healer. There's a, you know, there's a shield guy. There's a tanky sort of fire guy. And, you know, they're, they're typical archetypes in these sort of games. They are, they feel pretty balanced. I, I, I don't think any one, um, Faction seems to be favoured more than the others. As I, I, I seem as a lot of people seem to play Far Cry because that's the healing one, and I think that's just because there's a ton of lone wolves out there that don't want to play a team and they sure. just want to look after themselves. But you know that that's there. Um, the the biggest criticism I have it's all team based game. There's no team deathmatch, which I really like. I like that. I don't team deathmatch isn't for me. I'm I like playing an objective. I like you know. I like domination and capture the flag and those sort of things where you've got to work as a team. I don't think they've worked out how to balance that quite just yet. And this is hopefully what the beta does, right, as is, is, is they get this sorted. Because at the moment, to generate your ultimate special move, which is, you know, anything from a, a heal-all to a, a giant shield or whatever, um, the easiest way to do it is to kill people and not to play the objective. So... Uh, you know, it, it's out of balance in that way. So you you could should just be... play it like it's Quake, is what you're saying. Yeah, essentially. And then you could get your big special move up and blah, 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 and everyone's worried about kill-death ratio. What they should be doing really... Um, and I, I spoke to... I, I was unsure of what it was about it that was putting me off, and I actually spoke to you know friend of Player 2, Joby, about it, and he, he was the one that pointed it out to me, and he said it's because... And he, he plays a lot of competitive shooters like this, and he said it's because you don't get rewarded for defending the objective as much as you do for just killing people. Um, they need to fix that. So you need to be rewarded more for the objective the as thing opposed that helps to... helps you win the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and see, that's never it never crossed my mind. I just play the objective, you know. I've got to get to that glowy point. I'll get to the glowy point, you know. Um, so th- that that's a bit out of balance at the moment. But overall, I, I'm much... Uh, more positive on it after this beta than I, I was. The whole idea of it, I thought, was absurd before it went in. I, I mean, the previous uh, promotional stills and things, they kind of gave this cartoony, almost, you know, edgy, comic-y sort of spray painty vibe. Um, and they've ditched that and they've just gone straight down the line, really, instead of, and instead of, um, you know, 
any wild style. And I think it's actually usually I like something different, but I think in this case it's it's to their benefit to to go down this route. Um, it is a free to play game. They swear to all that is holy that there will not be pay to win. Um, everything will just be cosmetic, oh, yeah, it's which gonna be you know interesting what? to watch because I feel like Ubisoft needs something right now. Yeah, um, and, and honestly, this is this is fun. I, I, I enjoyed my time with it. I, I, it'd be interesting to see. It seems like it's got a pretty healthy interest in the beta too, which is nice. Um, obviously, with anything like this, it comes down to seasonal content and to, uh, cosmetic unlocks and what changes up over the seasons and things like that. They have promised new factions. They have promised, um, you know... Uh, a whole bunch of seasonal content and different game types and things like that. So, if, I mean, if they can keep that content flow up nice and steady, the shooting, like the basics are there. The shooting is really good. It feels balanced. You know, the, the, the factions all feel unique uh, in, in their special abilities, but at the same time, they don't feel overpowered in any way. Um, I think they've, they've surprised me. I, I'll have to say that. Um, there was some rough starts to the beta like with server wait times and a whole bunch of problems with like rewards unlocking and things like that. But that's, that's all been fixed since. And yeah, I'm slightly looking forward to a multiplayer shooter, which is, is an odd place to, to find myself in. (laughs) Ken, what about you? Um, yeah, so I've been playing, I got into the beta because you provided, um, a code, um, Huzo. Thanks very much to our friends, Ah, oh, I don't even know. And Ubisoft, who was the yeah, one? Ubisoft, who the, yeah, Ubisoft. Yeah, Ubisoft. Ubisoft yeah. has provided us, you know, very generous with their codes with us, uh, which is fantastic. Um, I definitely like X Defiant more than I thought I would, mm. and simultaneously finding myself uh, maybe being out of the age group at which a game like this is targeted at. Yeah. Um, so I both feel like this is good, but also I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get a bit of that too. The old reflexes aren't what they were. <laughs> oh, it's just, um, and, and, you know, before we go into this, like, like this game, I actually do wish that they kept some of the aesthetics of, of what I've seen before, the over the top colorful nature of it. Mm. I do wish they kept more of that because, this game is very much a Call of Duty, yeah. Modern Warfare 2 type of competitive shooter. And this game is already more colorful than any of the Call of Duty games were. Like, it, yeah. it currently, right now, it already is very colorful. I wish they could lean into that aesthetic a bit more. Just, that's my personal taste. It's just, you know, Anything I, I, to I make think it. they will with, especially they start incorporating like the Watchdogs sort of maps. I think you'll find with with the different franchises that they're leaning into. I think as they lean into those different aesthetics, I think that'll bring a lot of variety. You yeah, know, we'll see one on a tropical island, I'm sure, and we'll see a map. Yeah, on, you no, know, I know, but a you neon know, city gone, and yeah, but right now, even now, they've gone for a more like sort of realistic but colourful mm. as opposed to what I've seen before, which is hyper realistic. Yeah. So I, 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 you know, I would like to see them lean, you know, if this, my personal taste is lean further into the hyper-realistic one. Just like, I really like, for example, where the color tones from, from the new Street Fighter 6 is, is getting at, like that type of like really like hyper, 
colorful, yeah. you know, aesthetic. It's just something that 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 I'm vibing with right now. That's nothing to do with the, the game as it is. It is it is quite colorful. Um, in parallel, you know, I'm pretty sure. I think Ubisoft has surely been wanting to do like their own Ubisoft cinematic universe, like for the longest time, uh, right? Yeah. This, this seems like because they've thrown in like like you said Ghost Recon, uh, they've thrown in Splinter Cell, they've thrown in um, um, the, Rain, division. the division. Uh, they've got the Dead Sec from Watch Dogs. Um, I'm I'm sure at some point we'll see Abstergo Industries from Assassin's Creed. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> we're gonna see Templars. We're gonna see all of that <laughs> stuff. Uh... <laughs> yeah, well, they did say new factions. So, like, who you, know, you got? You're gonna have the Rabbids next. It'll be yeah. All right, I'll be yeah, right. that. You know, what? gonna use Rabbids for anything. <laughs> have Rayman and the Rabbits. Ray- I was gonna yeah. say, like, you know what? If if you can put in Rabbits, if you put in Rayman, like, if you put yeah. Rayman in, mm, mm, I would love to see a Rayman. Avatar, um, Avatar will make it. Uh. Yeah. Um. Yes. So it is very much a like if you like that type of shooter, and I, it, like I said, I, I did love those type of shooters at when I was in my younger years like this is absolutely like um a wet dream mm. because you've got you've got you've got like right now in the in in the in the beta you've got i think five or six factions each faction has got two classes unlocked so you've got two special abilities uh you've got two basic special abilities per faction and you know as they open up more factions and as they open up within each faction like more and more subclasses you're going to get you know like more more abilities per faction you've got your central each faction has their central like super out ultimate ultimate ability that you build up like you said throughout the game um you've got different like aesthetics different cosmetics that you can that, you know so your look is quite different like visually on the map when you're looking at somebody else you can tell okay that's but that particular class like you can tell the silhouette quite well especially yeah. the burners from the division and the healing class from far cry far like cry, from a yeah. distance you can tell like okay i know who you are there like you're the healer or you're the person with the big big old like aoe uh, aoe uh, ability yeah. um and then you go into the weapons there's so many weapons even in yep. this close close beta, and every weapon has got so many attachments. Like your your primary weapon has got has got you can you can change the barrel, you can change the the handle, you can change the front handle, you can change you know the scope and the magazine and the stock and all that sort of jazz. You you can do the same with your with your sidearm. Um, if you this is. The, it feels to me that no, they know exactly who the audience is going to be. Yeah, and, and I, th- I think there is an audience it. because my, the the more recent Call of Duties that I've played, especially, they're getting very, I guess, complicated. There's, there's some of the simplicity of the of mm. what made those earlier Modern Warfare and and Black Ops games so much fun were um, yep. has gone now with the complexities involved. Um, yeah. And unless you're right into it, you, it's it's kind of hard to jump in. Whereas this feels more, I don't know, not pure, but that's a bit wanky way to say it. But you know, like it, it feels more welcoming, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, mm. although like plus one percent ADS versus plus zero point one percent something else re- um, vertical <laughs> recoil, like okay, I the, it, it it does go into uh, very like minutia. Um, yeah. But if if you like this type of game and it's free to play and you've got time, oh boy, yeah, to be I, I think like to be a kid. I, th- I think it'll around. do well. You know, I think it'll yeah. find its crowd. I, yeah, I, I actually feel more positive about this than than a lot of recent Ubisoft stuff that wasn't Rabbids. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually genuinely that's I'm actually genuinely positive about this right yeah. now. Like, I am too. Yeah, um, did not expect it. Um, I came into this closed beta with a, ah, oh, it's free. I'll just give it a shot. Why not? Yep. It'll be a, it'll be a, if nothing else, a funny video and a funny thing to talk about. I genuinely thought that you and I would be bitching about it, like on this episode, like just, <laughs> yep. just, just, just railing on it, just, <laughs> like, just like dumping shit all over it. But we're not. We're not at all. No, no. <laughs> it's it, it is a surprise. It could it could really be one of those things that just be the surprise of the year. But all yeah. right, we, we, we have wailed on enough about X Defiant. Uh, keep an eye on it, folks. It'll be free to play, so you may as well try it. When I had to play a two-place video on the YouTube channel right now. Watch me suck at it, which is, you know, standard. <laughs> it's because it's you're old. I'm old, yeah. The reaction's there. I, it's all assault rifles, no snipers anymore. Just spray that gun and hope for the best. <laughs> All right, we're going to have a break here. Uh, Tim's going to find the music. Uh, what what am I going to make him find this time? Um, it's Call of Duty, some, some some sort of American anthem, you know, sort of thing going on. You know, <laughs> he's shaking his head, but he's going to do it because he loves a challenge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we'll be back for a chat Kid about. Rock, I think. Okay, we're back, we're refreshed, and we're ready to talk about the most amazing movie of the summer, or whatever they call it in America, what are we over there, fall, or whatever. It's made a squillion, Mario Brothers, it's made heaps at the movies. Heaps. Uh, and heaps. The official like, term. Like, it's terrifying, I, I actually. I think it's, it's, it's the, the most successful movie Animated adaptation ever. of all time. Like It's just insane. Uh, making money hand over fist. Every gamer on the planet thought it was going to suck because it had Chris Pratt in it. A lot of critics still think it sucks, but I guess, you know, the critics aren't the audience, obviously, because a lot of people are liking it, uh, including my kids. They really enjoyed it. So uh, they've, they've struck gold there and expect to see a lot of Nintendo movies in the future. But with that in mind, we thought we'd look at the long road of video game adaptations 
uh, into all forms of media because, you know, there has, it has been going on for, for quite some time now. Uh, and, uh, a, a lot of it has been unsuccessful. Uh, a lot, and the odd gem has shone through, but I thought we'd start with the movies because that's the, the really obvious one. Uh, Tim. Yeah. What do you think is the epitome of the video game movie? Like, um, what do you think of movie- when someone says video game movie? Okay, at the moment, what I'm thinking of, this weird resurgence of appreciation for the live-action Mario Brothers movie, because, like, the main criticism, and it probably holds true, is that the current one is just so by numbers that it's kind of flavorless, and now everyone's like going, oh, man, didn't wasn't it great how fucking weird... <laughs> the original right. Super Mario. I, I've never seen it, and I honestly now I want to see that. Like I actually, I, I saw it. I saw it at the cinemas because you know I'm old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, I, I saw it in the cinemas. But to answer the question, as I think you wanted me to, um, we're talking movies. Probably Street Fighter Two animated. That movie fucking rips. <laughs> that was great. That was probably the first genuinely good. Uh, adaptation into movies, I would think. Of course, I mean, um, you had that uh, weird live-action one with, like, with Giles <laughs> Lee characters. It's going to be American, but let's let's charge them up. Let's make the muscles from Brussels Giles, because that makes sense. And Raul Julia was literally dying on set, yet was still the best thing in that movie <sighs> by a long way. And, like, they literally tried to, like, a clockwork orange blanker. <laughs> like, it just tried to take itself too seriously... And it didn't seem to understand, which, to be fair, is actually kind of entertaining to watch in its own stupid way. But the animator oh, was yeah. legitimately good. Capcom just understood, all right, um, Chun Li works for Interpol, and a bunch of people are going to fight each other. Let's go. Yeah. We have a slightly perfect that shower was- scene that maybe didn't need to be in there, but aside from that. How much of the popularity of the Street Fighter 2 animated movie comes from the Chun Li in the shower scene, though? A lot. Probably too much. <laughs> the thing is, the fight scene after it is fucking awesome. I thought it was yeah, no, really no, it was No, no, I, I understand. A lot of the fight scenes are really good. But the, that movie has a longevity. It has. <laughs> it probably doesn't It has deserve. probably <laughs> a lot of effort put into animating those boobies for like the 10 seconds or whatever that they're on screen for. Yeah. It was genuinely one of the first animes I ever saw. Uh, it was one of the only animes at the local Video Easy. Um, and I literally picked it up because it was Street Fighter and, and it's you know, actually Fighter good. The thing is, it's pretty yeah, and I good. enjoyed the hell out of it. And then I went back and got a couple of other ones that were based on video games. There was a there was a Mortal Kombat one, which served as kind of a, a prologue to the Mortal Kombat movie, and that was garbage. Uh, <laughs> and there was a King of Fighters one, I think, or it might have been was Tekken, which literally had the boxing kangaroo in it, and that was just hot, yeah. hot mess. No, it wasn't King of Fighters. It was what was what was before King of Fighters? Fatal Fury. That was it. Yeah, um, and it was weird because I didn't quite know what was going on. But yeah, the Street Fighter one was cool. Also, Silver Chair in the like English soundtrack. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Silver Chair. Yeah. Yep. Which was a big deal in the nineties. People listening to this oh, yeah. don't even know what we're talking about now. But yeah also like yeah. speaking <laughs> of crashing and burning no we won't go on the very of its time um. <laughs> yeah well I think um, along with that Street Fighter we, we, the other one at that era that was uh, you know it had a really not it, it, I don't think it was ever regarded as an amazing movie but it had its following was the Mortal Kombat movie um, with 
uh, Christopher Lambert as Raiden, which was really odd, uh, as the Asian Thunder God was the French guy, uh, <laughs> with bad English accent. Sure. You know, it's not, it's no worse than, uh, than nobody's the from the right from country in any of these guy. games, <laughs> movies, whatever. <laughs> but it had, uh, Kauri, uh, I forget how to say his last name and I'm gonna, I'm not gonna butcher it, but the, the fellow that played, uh, Shang Tsung. Um, and he ended up playing Shang Tsung in the video game in Mortal Kombat 11 because he was that good in that. He just was the perfect level of hamming oh, yeah. it up as the, as the yeah. bad guy. He was just so good as, as Shang Tsung. He was really, really good. Very memorable like, and, and made that movie. I think, like, with a good video game movie, you can either be really true to the source material or, mm. or try to be as close to the source material as you can be or you understand the camp factor and just ham it up. Just go right? go for broke, just, yeah. Just I, go I think that's what and, Mortal Kombat did. And Mortal Kombat's like that. Even the more recent Mortal Kombat is like that. I mean, sure, they went like this gritty, over, just super violent brute, but it, it's pretty camp. Can you imagine yeah, oh, 100%, if, and, if and HBO's Last of Us had just also tried to camp it up, though? Like, so it probably depends yeah. a little bit on the game. But yeah, oh, Mortal does, Kombat is rife yeah. for that. Yeah. And it worked pretty well. Like the new Mortal Kombat, I, I mean, it was exactly what I expected out of an R-rated Mortal Kombat movie, uh, the new one. Like, yeah. I went into that and went, yep, that's 100% the movie I thought I was going to get, and I'm more than satisfied with that. Um, really cool fight scenes. Excessively gory. It surprised really me how funny gory. it was. Um, Kano, as an Australian Having Josh Lucas play Kano was a stroke of genius. It was, yeah. <laughs> he was great, you know. And a really dumb story with heaps of plot points, uh, plot, yeah. plot holes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and that, just, that, that bit where he does the sweep kick constantly, is that the only move you know? That's the greatest video game callback mm-hmm. <laughs> ever. <laughs> like anyone that's played a video game, a fighting game ever just lost themselves at that, you know. <laughs> if, 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 and if nothing else, I wish they just made the whole, the more recent Mortal Kombat movie, they, they, just, they just made Sub-Zero and Scorpion just the focus of the movie more yep. and just yep. tell those stories. Because that's, again, I think one of the difficulties in, in, in like a video game movies they try to jam everything into it right yeah and then mm. it makes zero sense because you've got two and a half hours or two hours or whatever like and you've got okay, you know, 10 characters that you have to especially if yeah, and, yeah a fighting game and you've got this huge ass roster which again we, as as much as I understood it should just be about fighting like the cap that, again that Street Fighter 2 animated film they understood it's alright we're gonna make Chun-Li a lead character and like you and Ken are going to be off traveling the world beating people up sometimes as well. Like, kind yeah, of just, then ca- you just focus with cameos when needed. That's yeah. right. That's right. And, and like, with this, more, the more recent Mortal Kombat, they've got Kano and Sonya Blade, and they tried to then bring in this, like, brand new character that they created for the movie, which is super lame. Sorry. Yeah, mean, the, the, it was the actor was great, but, but yeah. the character itself was dumb as shit. Um... And then you have your B plot, C plot, D plot that's happening at the same time. Like, just let's let's not get let's not get sidetracked by these all these different things. Um, I <clears throat> we're all I know, here to see Joe tells him as Sub Zero kick ass. That's right. And yeah. a more recent one, which I think has been you know like um, well received is actually the Sonic the Hedgehog movies. Yeah, those are way better than they have any right to be. 
Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik is yeah. It was casting genius. Like, it... it... It works so well. Like, you just get someone that is known to be the biggest over-actor in Hollywood in a role that allows him to be the biggest over-actor in Hollywood, and he just... It just goes for broke. Yeah. Like, Sonic... Like, you would not have thought, like, in this modern, like in the 2020s that Sonic Hedgehog movie would be the one where it's I think it's not bad I've seen them both they're not bad they're not bad but I think they were more critically like critically they were more welcomed than the Mario one Mario was because they're like oh yeah easily like Sonic the Hedgehog was like yeah that's kind of fun (laughs) yeah that's a lot of fun and the throwbacks weren't in your face like um, Sonic the second one like the um, coffee shop was called the Mean Bean so like it was like that's it was nice. there and it was a cute that's little nice. thing, but it wasn't like desperately trying to make sure that they hit all of the possible notes that you could get. Yeah, it wasn't just slathered in fan service. Yeah, yeah, and then that's the thing. I mean, that's another thing. Like, it's not just fan service. Mm. And Jim- the balance, the balance is really. It's something I think a lot of them struggle with. Mm. And I think that's one of the I- most. Oh, you go. Sorry, you go ahead. I, I was going to say, like, that's why I genuinely really enjoy the Resident Evil movies. I was about to say, uh, that's exactly where I was going, was Resident Evil. The series, because the first one was really just trying to be... The first um, game. The first game, with the yeah. whole, like, this house in the woods, somehow it's a secret entrance to, uh, like, oh, into the, 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 But by the second movie, it was just like, you know what? We're just going to do our own shit. Mila Jovovich is cool. I have seen Um, one of these movies, which I got because I went to PlayStation Day London because I was living in London when Sony did a BR's PlayStation 3 thing. Literally like a 20-minute ride from my house at the time. And they included like in the tote bag or whatever was just a Blu-ray of a Resident Evil movie. It did not need the words Resident Evil there. It was just random zombie film. It Random had, zombie action. Had movie. nothing yeah. to do, as far as I can tell. No, still, no, no. They had characters in it. Like, Wesker turns up a couple of times, and... Uh, and um, I mean, they had a checklist of five minutes of this yeah. and three minutes of that, and we're done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had Wesker. They had the Umbrella Corporation. They had, they had the Leon virus They had Leon. Leon was... Um, what's his face from Prison Break? Was uh, it? Matt. Was his, and he was Captain Cold in Flash. Oh, I forget his name. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, but anyone was just there to watch Miller kick ass, like yeah. just you know. Like at Miller. some point, at some point, they're like, you know what? We're just gonna do our own shit, and every so yeah. often, just throw in some random like the Umbrella Corporation in the yeah. opening crawl, in the opening credits, T virus, the T yeah. virus somewhere. In the, <laughs> oh no, we have to get the virus something, and and somewhere like in mid mid credits, and then you're yeah. like, you know what? We we've contractually fulfilled our end of the bargain. Yeah. Let's just go ham. Let's go nuts. <laughs> Let's just go ridiculous and try and to land. Were. And try to land a plane on top of a building, like yeah. that level of, of ridiculousness. I'm was, like, you know what? I am here with you. I am just I, like... I, mean, I loved it. I lo- the third one especially was uh, the one directed by, directed by uh, Russell Mulcahy, the Australian guy, who also directed The Highlander. And look, I love The Highlander and I loved this one. I thought it was the perfect level of cheese. And, you know, they're just brain-dead, literally brain-dead zombie movies that know you're there for one thing and that's to watch a really attractive woman decapitate zombies uh, yep. in increasingly interesting ways. 
<laughs> I was going to say uh, Res- the third one, um, Resident Evil Extinction. Extinction is probably my favorite of. Yeah, series. that's my favorite too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, I am I'm just taking. And Oded Fair's in that. Yeah, Oded Fair's in that. He's cool. <laughs> uh, the guy from the Mummy. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll take me on this ride. I'm with you. I'm with you all the way to the end. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll live on that hill. I love a cheesy, shitty action movie that knows it's a cheesy, shitty action movie. It's it's when a, when a movie thinks it's got delusions of grandeur and then it turns out to be a cheesy, shitty action movie, that's when you don't like it. But if it yeah, comes out yeah. of the gate... Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I, th- I think that's that's kind of where the thing is. I think like yeah. even back in the early '90s when we we're going back to the original Street Fighter movie and the original Mortal Kombat movie, I think there's a level of self-awareness with the Mortal yeah. Kombat movie. Where... It, it's funnily enough the same director as the first couple of Resident Evil movies. Mm. Paul well, Paul Anderson. Yeah, yeah. So there is a level of self-awareness yeah. there, and with the Street Fighter, they just they were just very self-serious and just tried to play it straight. And yet they still did the, like, everybody pose at the end thing. Like, I don't... (laughs) 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 But, like, Van Damme was hot shit at that point. Like, he was the biggest star, action star getting around at that point. He just had a string of hits and... Yeah, and then I think that was the beginning of the end I for mean, him. To be yeah, because he can't he can't act. But I was kind of like, kind of no. you know, I watched Cyborg again. Like he's good at punching and kicking shit. Bloodsport's a classic, mate. I I will die on that hill. Bloodsport's amazing. <laughs> he was very good at Van Damme. Yeah, he was. Yeah, if you wanted to see a Van Damme movie, you you get Van Damme right. <laughs> like but all that- right, we're getting a little distracted with our love for yeah, yeah, yeah. crappy oh, action well, stars. Yeah, but um. <laughs> Um, I do want to just sort of bring in this back, like, um, like being aware of the material, being aware of how ridiculous it is, and that level of self-awareness is is really critical. And I'm like, Detective Pikachu is absolutely like, I haven't watched you know it, what? but my boys love it. Oh, yes, again, did, not they bad. Thought it was I've, I've seen that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, all right, sure. <laughs> It knows what it is, like as mm. in, it it knows it's ridiculous, and it's Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu, <laughs> which is which is which funny is, in itself. Yeah, I, it's just just funny. I suspect the the actual secret here, and this is maybe why like more people in Hollywood need to play games, is because you do sometimes need to be ridiculous, but it's hard to do that and do it properly if you're not affectionate for the material in the first place. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. I think it's the it's the affection. You've got to have skin in the you game. You need yeah, you need to like legitimately love what you're making fun of or else it's just mean. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, that, that is yeah. very much, very, very, you know, part of it. Um, which, which brings me to, like, uh, Dave Batista at the moment is actively, like, saying, hey, you're making Gears of War. Look at me. <laughs> you know, I, I was actually DLC in Gears of War. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to do this shit, you know. <laughs> if they don't cast Dave Batista, it'd be the dumbest thing ever. Like, the, the, <laughs> oh, and Dave Batista is genuinely good. He's a genuinely cool guy, and he's genuinely funny, and and John Cena as well. They're both. Surprising. Oh no! Like, I, I know, but but he yeah. like like jo- Batista actually is like really really good in movies. Yeah, he is. Like uh, the the cabin in the knock in the woods. Did you watch that? He was fantastic. I haven't seen that, that one yeah. yet. No, but he was great in Blade Runner. Yep. Um, the Blade Runner twenty forty nine twenty forty nine. 
Yeah. The new one that's like, also like unexpectedly one. good. The Ryan Gosling one. Yeah. And he was really, really good in Hotel Artemis. Yeah. Um like he Even would, as Drax, he's fantastic. He's got great com- comedic timing. As, he's as got Drax. very good he's, comedic timing. He's got that whole, like... Yeah, he would do... You know, who would he be? Like, in the Gears of War movie, would oh, he'd he be... Marcus. Be Marcus Phoenix, or would he be... He'd be Marcus, Marcus Phoenix, would for he, sure. Dave Bati- because Dave Batista one- in Gears of War as Dave Batista. <laughs> <laughs> because one of the things that he does... I mean, I, I know we're, we're, again, tangent and everything, but one thing he does very well is, like, the large man with, like... Emotional range. Emotional, and, and like, he portrays quiet suffering very well. Mm. Like, that sort of, like, he quiet burden, large man, quiet, stoic, but you look at him, it's like, no, this guy's been, been through some shit. <laughs> yeah. And, like, that, like, embodies the Marcus Phoenix character. Um, yeah, I think so, too. Like, they'd be mental not to cast him. Like... Yeah. You know, he's he's a big Hollywood star and he wants in on your project and he's ideal for the project. Everyone's telling you that. Just cast the guy already. You know. I mean, he's worth it. Pay him. They never, um, cast, or, they never cast Nathan Fillion as, as um, in, I know. in Uncharted. They went young. So. Yeah. But Sony mm. are odd. They also They're charged to tra- cast Wahlberg as Sully and it's like, oh, don't do that. Sully's so great. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You've taken like one of my favorite characters in games ever, and uh... made him Marky Mark. And look, I don't mind the Marky Mark movie, but Sully, he is not. Yeah, I'm actually not sure yeah. who I'd want to be Sully, but I'm sure like they could have. Uh, J.K. Simmons, All right? Every day of the week, J.K. Simmons is Sully. All right, <laughs> it'd be, be J- perfect. It'd be J.K. JK Simmons acting as J.K. Simmons acting as Sully. Should we? Yeah, essentially, hit- and that'd be fantastic. <laughs> Should we like hit a few of the disasters? Like, because around too early to mid two thousand eight, like made a bunch of like serious attempts at like stuff, and all of it was terrible. You uh, like, bowl anything by you? Well, U-Bowl. I was. Th- I mean, I feel like that's like with like he's not even that. aware of how bad it is in hindsight. Um, yeah, I mean, like like Square almost tanked itself. With the spirits within, with, which just was not a yeah. very good movie. Um, it was like the most boring sci-fi movie ever. It like, was amazing, yeah. like from at the time. It's the animation trailers were fucking amazing. spectacular, but my like, god, the movie itself. They they just poured every cent of that into technology and all of it got, into you know, her hair. And like, some yeah, bloke down, hair. down the pub Absolutely. to write it for him. And, well, it had weird shit. Like because like the main I forgot what her name is. So the main character's hair costs so much money to render. All of the other characters had crew cuts, so they immediately sacrificed like the one of the huge advantages of animation, where you're supposed to be able to go visually nuts. Yeah, and like just had to like just make it as dull and boring as possible. And also, like the one thing that always to me at the time set Final Fantasy games aside from other Japanese roleplay games was, all right, I love Skies of Arcadia a lot, but you're still going around and collecting seven gemstones. I really liked Grandia too a lot, but you're going around and collecting these different body parts of this old god or whatever. Final Fantasy was like the one where they were not doing the go and visit or go and collect or the go and do the seven yeah. X, and then Spirits was in was like we're collecting all the fucking spirits. Together. <laughs> like come the fuck on! So yeah, that movie sucked. They made a Doom movie that was a um that, was, Prince, that Prince of Persia movie slapped, was the worst shit I have God. ever seen. 
<laughs> I was going to say Prince of Persia. I mean, it is so it was, bad. It was so. It wasn't bad. No, it, it was bad. Bad. It, it was just. It had so much hype behind bland. as well. It looked. It was bland. It, I, I think it, it was bland. It was bland, but it was not bad. It was like. It was just so forgettable. Yes. Like. I think it's worse than forgettable. You try and go back and watch it. I will, I will die in the hill that that movie is bad. But but I just remember, like, this was going through the whole, like, Ben Kingsley is running out of money and he's doing every single fucking movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he obviously owed some, like, he, he like, had some bad bets or something. <laughs> yeah, but we got that from Nicolas Cage and, like, we've just got, like, a cultural mind trope now. <laughs> Because even the bad Nicolas Cage movies are still fucking excellent Nicolas Cage movies. That's The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent is, is one of the best movies I've seen in the last 10 Very years. good. It is, it is legitimately great. It's the most meta shit I've ever seen, and it's great. It also made me want to watch... Weirdly, it literally made me watch Paddington 2, which is also way better than it should be. <laughs> <laughs> We're a little bit removed from video games now, though. Should we probably actually like segue away from movies a little bit into like? I think TV so because comics? you know there has been a whole bunch of different projects. Um, books is probably the next logical step. There's been a lot of, especially for bigger franchises, there's been a lot of attempts at novels from absolutely dreadful ones like the Doom books. Um, which How came would out you way write back a when Doom you... book? Oh, like, it was everything that's good about Doom would not work. In text. No, no, it was it was it was called Knee Deep in the Dead, and there was supposed to be three of them based on the the um, different episodes from the original Doom game. So, if you're really old and you know you had the shareware level, which was Knee Deep in the Dead, and then you had the um, the others, which I, were I remember on, no one had because you had to pay for them. Uh, <laughs> I remember <laughs> this is this is sort of tangential and but in parallel. Um, um, I remember getting a not very upset, tiny bit upset at going to a bookshop and seeing them sell the novelization of the movie Watchman, which was based on the comic graphic novel series. Yep. Instead oh, wow. of just instead of just selling the graphic novel series. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's it's odd. That's 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 for a person's prejudice, I believe. And I'm like this is the novel. Sorry, a novelization of, of a graphic movie. novel. Effectively, if you like, really peel yeah. it back. No, well, it's a novelization of the movie of the Basically. movie adaptation of the graphic novel. So they took all the beats from the movie, not the original source material. Yeah, it's getting water further and further and further. In. I believe there are like a bunch of Halo books. Like, I swear, I used to there's see some those good around. ones. There's some really good. I will defend the Halo books. Yeah. Eric Nyland wrote some exceptionally good Halo books. Um, and I, had, actually, I kind of fell off after those, but but I read a few of the others. But yeah, Eric Nyland's ones, especially, are, are genuinely, are genuinely good. good. I've I've spoken on the, on this port, podcast multiple times, like my love for the Halo <laughs> novels, particularly the Eric Nyland ones. And <laughs> what's actually interesting is a lot of the stuff has now <clears throat> is now canon. It's built back into the into the halo you know the central the central core the bible yeah. i don't know what they call it mainline narrative but a lot of the it's characterization canon. Canon. It's canon. that's right that's the word that's the word canon like the characterization of of john 117 is 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 there and you know 
some of the other things, uh, the characterization of ODST and the whole like Mjolnir Spartan program is all is now like canon within you know within the Halo universe. So actually, um, very very enjoyable those books. Um, yeah, they're, they're well written sci-fi books first, and then they're Halo books second. I think. And I think having an established sci-fi writer like Eric Nyland take on the project. It's much like when uh, Timothy Zahn take, took on Star Wars all the way back when, when they first allowed oh, oh, extended yes. universe novels, which was the Air to Empire trilogy. And people still put that as the best of them um, because they had an established author that knew science fiction. Um, and it was the same with Eric Nyland. He, he an award-winning science fiction author who liked Halo and decided, he said, I want to write about this. And they went, yeah, sure. And now he's become like a, lo a lot of that stuff because he was writing about the early days that no one knew about. Everyone had just seen Master Chief from the game. Mm. He, he provided so much to that, that character for the people that took the effort. But at the same time, he wrote really good stories and they were really entertaining and they were well-written. They were, they were not just written like, you know, a checklist like Which some of these super weird to think about though because it's still technically fa fan it's still technically fan fiction it's just you know professional yeah. grade fan fiction it's professional yeah. fan oh, grade yeah. oh, fan yeah. fiction that that is endorsed by the owner yeah <laughs> oh yeah 100 percent. it is it is all fan fiction yeah but, um, i think that's well, that's what all these novels are i mean you don't sign up to write a book about I mean, there might be the instance... I think the Alan Wake... I remember buying the Alan Wake book thinking, this will translate into a book really well because it's essentially Stephen King, the game. Uh, and it didn't. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> are there any games specifically other than Halo where the books are well thought of? Uh, I'm trying to, trying to think. <laughs> I think there are some Assassin's Creed, Creed books as well that I've seen. I don't know if they're... Yeah, there's quite a few Assassin's Creed... But I think the advantage of Assassin's Creed ones is because they can just choose a time frame where, and just yeah, just pick wherever and go nuts, really, because that's the beauty of that franchise, I guess. Yeah, I, um, I don't, I don't know, I don't know many because I haven't really been mm. keeping up with novelization, game novelization. The Mass Effect yeah. ones were really good. Yeah. Uh, Drew Drew Caption wrote them, and he was their lead writer on Mass Effect, so that helped. Probably, um, had and he's an established. He's an established fantasy author as well, so he's got quite a few fantasy novels. Um, and he, yeah, he wrote two, two uh, Mass Effect books that were very good. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think a lot of them tend to be just that passion level. Passion level, of, yeah. yeah. Without, like, I, you know, we keep coming back to this, like, with the movies, the books, whatever. But genuine affection for 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 mm. the the source material, like. And not just affection, but sort of like, okay, I know what you're trying to do here, and here's what I can add to this process. Yeah. I think that's what separates affection from fanboyism. Yeah, I think so. I th I, yeah, and, and, and the ability to kind of separate yourself enough, but at the same time tell a, tell a story in that world without, yeah, just rehashing old beats or being pedantic over things or you know all those things that i guess the diehard really diehard fans tend to get bogged down in all right we'll, we'll move on to comics because there's one in particular that i really want to talk about um <laughs> it's not even that game you're just super excited about 
No, 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 no. I, I wasn't actually going to go to that one. We'll go to that one later. No, but there's one that was that spun off into one of DC Comics' most successful series ever, and that is Injustice. So huh. Injustice is the the uh, oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. The the, the Street Fighter esque uh, fighter for DC fighters uh, by Netherrealm, the, the people that made Mortal Kombat, and Tom Taylor, Australian fella, uh, wrote a comic to go with it. And that comic series is still going to this day. So this alternate branch of the DC universe, uh, where Superman became a bad guy because Lois Lane got killed um, by the Joker, is now this its own sort of big, long series. And it's been going for, like, what, six, seven years now. Um, obviously, multiple writers and, and artists and all that over that time. But, yeah, Tom Taylor was the first to write it. Um, and it's gone on to be hugely successful in DC, and it was it was almost um, a, a not a, I won't say it was a lifesaver for DC, but they were at that time not you know particularly on top in that world, and this this is one of their biggest biggest sellers, which is really interesting because it comes from a, it is their own IP, of course, but it, it it was based around the video game of it and and that alternate universe that NetherRealm created, which is very cool, I think. Did you guys ever check it out at all? I, I mean, I, I remember never, getting the first I, first issue with the collector's edition, and then I read the next. I think I read the first series of it, and and I really enjoyed it. I don't. I had never read it. I know that it existed, but I never really paid attention to it. But I hadn't quite appreciated that it was, it was running on. It's been going on for so long. Yeah, it's been um, it's been crazy. Yeah, all of the comics that I've read in these days are in Japanese. It's like the yeah. one <laughs> material where I can actually, like, not get a headache. But I think, like, I mean, like, this, I mean, it does make sense because the premise of injustice, the premise of injustice is, yeah, like, what if Superman, like, decided to rule the world as a tyrant? And, like, who's going to stop him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's It's very cool, and they did it really well. And obviously having Tom Taylor, who... Who'd established himself in like the X Men and, and things like that? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it had the right writer with the right project, and, and it's just kicked off. Yeah, this might be a weird time to get into the realization that it seems that Sonic the Hedgehog is best as as things other than games at this point. Because <laughs> <laughs> like that, those comic books which I absolutely which I, you, we mentioned at the start of the podcast, I was clearly reading when I was I'm in mean, grade school. Apparently, I got like started to get into like way long, like graduated into like actually being better. Once I was probably outgrowing, <laughs> basically, yeah, it's like yeah. I left and they decided to step up the game. But I mean, apparently, those actually got pretty good and were like the most successful comic series at Archie Comics. Remember Archie Comics? <laughs> basically, like oh, ever had like ran from like yeah, I think yeah. ninety three into like twenty sixteen. They still they still come out like at free comic book day. There's almost always a Sonic book. Sonic yeah, yeah. The Hedgehog comic. Pretty yeah. sure it's actually it has actually wrapped up. Yeah. But it well, ran it's got a, for like twenty gone years under a different a different publisher sure, with a different yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, because I was going to say, um, just in agreement with your point, um, Tim, that Sonic exists like better in other media's like Sonic animated series is like this multiple yeah, there are now. A couple. And like Sonic Boom's apparently good as well. Like Sonic Boom, Sonic Boom is actually really good. Um, and and a bunch of other other like Sonic Sonic cartoons are actually like, oh 
shit, this is actually pretty damn decent. I mean, like, they've got some really good character designs there, so, like, if you don't have to worry about, like, trying to make this very specific gameplay formula work and you're free to do everything else, it does kind of make sense if you have talented people behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, animals versus big old, like, egg-shaped megalomaniac. You know, your basic, your basic, you know, your basic... Um, um, it's um, a story we've all heard. Building blocks are already before. there. Yeah, your basic building blocks are already there, and you sort of just rearrange pieces here and there. Like you've got your general thing, and somebody goes very, very fast. One of them goes very, very fast. One of them can so. fly with his butt. Um, yeah, the other's good at punching stuff. Like you. And what does Rose do? Provide moral support. It's just annoying. They need to. Yeah. Oh, Amy, I think yeah. you're thinking of. Amy, 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 that's it. Yeah, not Rose. Yeah, but we should actually uh, maybe. Continue going with the TV training because I think our podcast itself is going pretty long at this point. So. It is. All right. Well, we're on TV. I, I wanted to mention Netflix because they've done incredibly well with two properties in, in particular, and that's Castlevania yep. and um, Cyberpunk. Now, Cyberpunk so obviously a is a weird one. Yeah. Off it, off it, well, off I a, thought um, you were going to throw Arcade in there. I, I didn't even think of that. It's, Arcane that's as well. good. That was Amazon Prime, wasn't it? No, it was Netflix. No, Netflix. It was it Netflix? Okay. Um, but yeah. So they, they seem to get it. Like that, or the, the studios that, uh, Netflix picks up seems to get video games, especially in the animated level, because the yeah. Castlevania one was excellent. And, and so was the Cyberpunk. Castle, and and the, like, Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk is so much better than the game. So much better. Look, I know you you weren't hot on Cyberpunk. I really enjoyed the Cyberpunk game. Um, no, you're not wrong. as much as I enjoyed The Witcher, but I did really <laughs> no, enjoy it. But you're, yeah, you're wrong. But it's, the thing is, the anime itself is like basically just universally praised. Yeah, yeah. it's it's exceptional, and it's fair cop to say it's based off the game because it apparently literally has a UI. It does like in it, so it's yeah. clear where that's jumping off from. Um, apparently, the Neo Automata anime is actually very very good as well. Although it keeps on getting hit by production issues. So is that out or not? Several episodes of it are, are out. It's probably supposed to be finished now, right, but like okay. some like office shut down and then like. I might enjoy it then because I didn't enjoy it. The game automata. is so fucking good. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it at all. <laughs> I mean, as we as we round into our second hour of the of the podcast, two <laughs> things. Um, Last of Us apparently very good. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, it, was, it was very good. It, it and Halo was, was terrible. Yeah, I watched an episode Halo of Halo G- on a plane, and even for me on a plane, I was like, I no. Halo, uh, I think it Halo found its feet later on in a bit more. It's it's the it's the kind of show I would watch a second series just to see if that upward trend continues. It could very easily just fall off a cliff. Or it could take lessons learned and be one of those, you know, dodgy first season, pretty good after that. Um, but yeah, yeah I, it just, it's, it, it wants, it, it's got this kind of triple A dreams with a single A budget. Yeah, it did and, not look up to yeah. what it needed. For what, it, like, it was trying to be something that the money was not allowing it to be. They, yeah, it's, it's, yep. it's too grand and, a project, I think, for the budget they had. Um, and, and 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 therefore, yeah. like they sh- one, they should have given just given Neil Blomkamp the money to Absolutely. make something that you wanted to make like eight years ago, like yep. just do it, and also um, forward onto Dawn was a far better reimagining of the Halo universe as a web yep. series, and also 
and then jumping and the fall, the of, fall of reach was good too fall of reach was was pretty good as well and then like web series if we're talking about web series street fighter assassin's fist is absolute is an absolute banger yeah that's very good the mortal kombat legacy one was good too oh yeah Mike, michael oh, j that was, in it. that was really good oh, yeah that was really really good if you go way back in time street fighter 2v was a little bit drawn out but actually a pretty good punchy kicky tv show as well yeah there's, there's been some good tv shows and i think video games lend themselves to tv shows a bit better just because of the nature yeah, especially like, there if was sonic like and last mario one. mario cartoons as well i think as a kid that were mm. probably way better than the movie attempts like I'm sure they don't hold up as established classics, but they totally worked as kids' TV in the 90s. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, you look at The Last of Us and you look, I think, that was that was the right group with the right budget and the right game. Um, mm. Although it was annoying going, itself. we're going to get all of these is the Mushroom Apocalypse real news stories just appearing everywhere oh, yeah, that all was over annoying. again, aren't we? Like, we've been through yeah, this yeah. already. <laughs> <laughs> games me we've done this you know just go back to it, was, it really no was to... like 2013 all over again in that respect it like... was. <laughs> but the, you know they just had the right everything to make that work like Pedro Pascal is amazing I rate him highly. oh yeah the best thing um, I've seen on Twitter all year has been a thread of just him as easter eggs just like matching yeah. easter eggs perfectly to what he's wearing like 20 different <laughs> pictures of Pedro and easter eggs <laughs> and yeah Bella Ramsey was very good and you know and, and the whole pro- and you know, the only real, the only bitching and moaning about that were the people that didn't like, uh, you know, you know, the mad red yeah. state Christians that don't like gay people. That was the only, like, hate that, that the show copped, which is ridiculous. Um, because everything in it was amazing. And that episode with Bill and, and Nick Offerman as Bill is... It, was, it sounds like I was one of say, the standouts. It's yeah. some of the best TV I think I've seen ever. It I was so I, good. I, I think that's like the ge- like in terms of genuine like criticism of the show because I've never seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. But genuine criticism of the show is instead of they, they would try to I think recreate specific moments of the game. Mm. Whereas I think that episode was held up because it took time to do things that weren't done in the game and just took time and spent some with the characters and 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 just. Like okay, this is what life is like outside of everything else, and like it's it was, when it was just perfect that episode. It was so and Nick like Nick Offerman, who I've only really known from Parks and Rec. Yep, um, was just outstanding. Like yeah, yeah, just amazing. So yeah. Good. yeah, and I think that's when like again, it's we come back to this, but it's like. You've got to use the medium, right? You've got yep. to use the medium that you're in, and but like that that episode, I think everybody sort of like, no, this is when the the showrunners understood the game. They yep. understood the game, but also took advantage of the medium of TV and just gave it a bit of oxygen to breathe, a bit of breathing room, just be a breathing room, and like, okay, let's do this and have a um bottle episode you don't have to have the players shooting things all the time to make them yeah you don't have to like they can take and i think that and i think some people criticize i've read you know a few criticisms like where they were trying to like frame everything so that looks exactly like the video game so it's like "Mm." yes and no but like there there are certain scenes from the game that absolutely had to be in that tv show and and they are in there 
and they don't yep. miss them. But there is plenty of time in there that they're not just retreading over video game stuff. Mm. So I, I think for me it was the perfect balance of what it should be because because that particular game is so well regarded that, and there are key moments from that game that shouldn't have been touched and they weren't. Um, but everything around those, the the TV guys uh, have done really well in fleshing things out or ch- or changing things where things have needed to be changed for the sake of the medium. And I, I honestly think they've done really well with it. I I, I couldn't really fault much of of that as a, as an adaptation of something that I really Again, enjoy. I, I'm only just regurgitating yeah. some of the criticism I've read only in that. From, from I, I think that's just being overly picky. I, yeah, it would be. Possibly. I mean, yeah. again, I cannot judge, but all of this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I sat and watched it with my wife who has doesn't play video games, full stop, and she adored it. Yeah, so, I think I have uh, to do the same if I yeah. find out where to watch it in Japan. Yeah. <clears throat> all right, then. We, we should leave it on that high note. I mean, The Last of Us is probably the most well-regarded games adaptation um mario made the most so you know <laughs> we completely forgot about tetris let's just let's just leave that there tetris yeah well poor tetris <laughs> tim yeah how do we find you in this strange world of you internet? will you will find me at some point on the the player2.net.au with this review key that i thought you actually had when i agreed to do it actually i'm getting a facer which implies it is going to be up there soon um, but otherwise, you tomorrow, know, hopefully on the, I had to day off, not tomorrow <laughs> on the, on the bird site at pretend beard, probably buried behind all the people who beneath all the people who are now paying for Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Ken, what about yourself, mate? You can find me at pixel hunt on Twitter. Um, it's surprising that that website is still standing up. Uh, and I think I've, I have a recent player two plays that just, that went live, I think two or three weeks ago for Wandering Sword. Really, really enjoyed that game coming out of Steam Next Fest. So check it out. Cool. And you can find me at Huso81 or Player 2 AU. Obviously, uh, head over to Player 2 for all of our reviews and news and everything. We've got the Lizzie's coming up very soon. We've been nominated again, which is nice. We won't win, but it's nice anyway. And One I'll be day. up there, um, Sorry? One day. One day, one, one day, day. we'll win it. Oh, man, this is our year. <laughs> yep, yep. I could see us beating IGN to the punch, you know. <laughs> but uh, we, we, we try anyway. But thank you for we, we, listening. We are the Wrexhams of, um, of um, the video Yeah, game. we are the Wrexhams, except without the really cashed-up celebrity owners. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Need to find some of them. <laughs> Thank you for joining us this episode of the Pixelcast. We'll catch you next time. And uh, in the meantime, head over to Player 2 and read all our stuff. It'd be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. See you later. I do have to ask now, like, how much cash does Terry Campisi have and can he be our owner? <laughs> all his money. No, goes no. What you, need, what you need is that pilot money. Yeah, the pilot money. Yeah, sure. <laughs> My celebrity cash. <laughs>